0: Good morning. I'm Sarah French. I'm Ben Thompson. This is WCNC Charlotte to go. Here are your top stories.
1: Top story this morning. Charlotte city leaders voted to recriminalize several city ordinances months after uptown neighbors came forward with health and safety concerns. Now starting March 1st, breaking six city laws, including panhandling and using the restroom publicly can get you arrested. WCNC Charles Richard Devane now live near Uptown and Richard, our critics argue this is just picking on homeless people and could actually make their situation even worse.
2: Yeah, that is what they're saying this morning, Ben. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning, everyone. Yeah, the situation is somewhat dire for folks here in Uptown who are housing insecure, if you will. Uh, they say they don't have enough adequate care and treatment to have facilities to use the restroom and things like that and this ordinance is now making it illegal for them to do so. Now now this is tough. This is a tough situation. There was a passionate debate last night as the city council was set to vote on several new ordinances which would adversely affect the city's unhoused population. That according to some critics of the plan, a total of six city laws regarding things like sleeping on benches or relieving oneself in public, panhandling, public drinking will be arrestable offenses. Start Starting next month. Right now they're only punishable by a civil citation. Some speakers say the new laws would improve the overall quality of life in Charlotte. Others say the new laws are just unfair in a city that doesn't provide adequate alternatives for those who are homeless. We lack the
0: infrastructure for public bathrooms. We lack the infrastructure for emergency shelter
1: beds. If we had more public bathrooms, this would not be on the agenda tonight. It would be wrong to
2: do that, to put poor people in the jail just for being poor. Yeah, now the city has said that it's put up extra some extra porta potties in the uptown area. They also said they are going their plans are to add a couple of public showers to try to alleviate this situation. Uh, but again this was a seven to three vote. It goes into effect starting next month. We're right here in Uptown. Richard Devane for WCNC Charlotte.
0: Richard, thank you. Happening today, city leaders want your feedback on Charlotte's budget priorities for the next fiscal year. Today's the first of four listening sessions throughout February and March. The sessions are an opportunity for residents to help create a budget that reflects the community's needs. Once the sessions wrap up, the city manager will announce his recommended budget on May
1: 6th. Turning to more of today's top stories in your morning rush. Happening today, the man accused of making a bomb threat on a plane at Charlotte Douglas last month he is expected in court. Police say Jerry Maniette was saw flying on a flight leaving Charlotte when the threat was made. He was immediately removed from the plane and arrested. The bomb squad had conducted a search of the plane and found no credible threat.
0: State leaders want a wilderness therapy camp in western North Carolina to stop taking new admissions. That's after a 12 year old was found dead at Trails Carolina just over a week ago. In a letter, state health regulators told the camp to put new measures in place immediately to keep children safe. This comes as NBC News reports a former student is now suing the program on claims of sexual assault and being denied her basic rights when she attended in 2016.
3: Good morning, I'm Destiny Richards. The Cabarrus County School Board is moving forward with a new redistricting plan that would reassign nearly 4,000 students to new schools. The meeting's public comment period was filled with upset parents, neighbors, and even a student, saying that this new plan would disrupt the lives of students and families. The board voted 4-3. to three. Those in favor of it argue that the community had its chance to weigh in, and they say it's a well-vetted plan.
1: New this morning, the trial for a federal lawsuit challenging North Carolina's voter ID mandate has been pushed back once again. The U.S. District Court announced the non-jury trial will begin May 6th. The 2018 law went into effect last fall and remains in place for the March 5th primary. However, the trial could mean changes heading into the presidential election this November. Voting rights advocates say the requirement has a disproportionate impact on minority voters.
0: More changes for the Charlotte Hornets. The team announced President and General Manager Mitch Kupchak stepping down. He joined the franchise in 2018 after winning four titles with the Lakers. He will now take on an advisory role with the team. A search for his replacement is already underway. And that's it for your Morning Rush.
1: Here's what's happening across the Carolinas. A ninth employee has been arrested at a Columbia jail. Shatata Smith was discovered bringing in oxycodone pills and crack cocaine. This arrest makes the ninth detention guard arrested so far at that jail this year. (laughs) NC State College of Education faculty voting that they do not have confidence in the school's chancellor and vice chancellor. Monday's vote comes after the university closed the building that housed the college back in November. Since then, employees and students have been pushing for transparency about reports of cancer from people who spent time in Poe Hall. Family and friends remembering a Furman University football player. They held a visitation in Greenville Monday. Bryce Stanfield died Friday after a medical emergency during a workout last week. And that's what's happening across the Carolinas. Time now to connect the dots when we make the news make sense. This morning, the investigation continues into what caused a blown-out door on a Boeing 737 flight last month. But despite those recent headlines, it has never been safer to fly. Most folks still feel like flying is the safest way to travel, and the numbers show they're probably right. Let's connect the dots. A new survey from the Associated Press shows 70% of people still feel safe when they fly. Their responses are backed up by numbers. Data shows you are more likely to get in an accident on your way to the airport than you are to have any kind of serious trouble on your flight. The latest report from the International Air Transport Association found in 2022 there were 39 commercial flight accidents in the entire world. That means about one accident for every 830,000 flights. Over the last 10 years, the airline industry has improved overall safety performance by almost 50%. Experts agree it has never been safer to fly in a plane. And that is connecting the dots.
0: Now to the day's checklist. Here are three stories worth knowing about today. One, an update to a story we first brought you yesterday morning. Police in Texas say... They found anti-Semitic writings belonging to the woman who opened fire at Joel Olstein's church. She was carrying an assault-style rifle with the word Palestine written on it. Investigators say it's too early to speculate about a possible motive for the shooting. Number two, this morning a man is facing charges for bringing a gun to NC State. He was arrested Sunday after a student reported seeing a rifle in an unoccupied truck. Officers responded and found the gun loaded with 20 rounds of ammunition. The man's attorney says the whole thing is a big misunderstanding and his client forgot the gun was in his vehicle. Number three happening today. Students in Durham are set to return to school after missing yesterday because most of the district's transportation staff called out. Yesterday's closure was the first time in the last month classes were canceled because employees called out. Now, district leaders worry the school year may be extended because students need to be in school a certain number of days. During the Super Bowl, a Political Action Committee ran an ad for Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who's running for president as a third-party candidate. But the commercial mimicked the famous spot from 1960 for John F. Kennedy, the candidate's uncle.
1: The ad even went so far as to replace JFK's face in some scenes with RFK Jr.'s face. But can they legally do that?
0: WCNC Charlotte's Megan Bragg is looking into election rules in this morning's Verify.
3: Robert F. Kennedy Jr. posted this statement on next. He apologized to his family if the ad caused them pain since it borrows heavily from his uncle's famous ad. The commercial was created by American Values Super PAC and Kennedy claimed he didn't have any involvement in creating it. He pointed out that Federal Election Commission rules prevent Super PACs from consulting a candidate or his staff. So does the FEC rule actually prohibit Super PACs from consulting? Consulting with the campaign, let's verify our sources, the Federal Election Commission, political professor Michael Bitzer with Catawba College and the American Values 2024 Super PAC. This was the ad that aired Sunday night during the Super Bowl. It's a play on his uncle, John F. Kennedy's old 1960s campaign commercial. On X, formerly Twitter, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. posted that he was not involved, nor did his campaign approve the ad. The Federal Commission does have a set of rules that prohibit super PACs and candidates or their campaigns from coordinating such advertisements.
1: If the PAC was to coordinate with the campaign, that would then violate campaign donations and regulations And the campaign could get into trouble for that. Though
3: Kennedy says he had nothing to do with the Super Bowl ad, he has reposted it and even has it pinned to the top of his X account, which is allowed under the FEC.
1: You know, as long as the campaign was not intimately involved in the development or the strategy behind the advertisement, they certainly can utilize Uh, whatever a super PAC puts out there.
3: Looking at the American Values 2024 website, they state they are supporting Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s campaign. So we can verify that, yes, FEC rules prohibit super PACs from consulting with the campaign. Bitzer tells us Kennedy needs at least 82,000 signatures in North Carolina before noon on March 5th in order to be on the ballot here as an independent. If he becomes a Libertarian nominee, he will automatically be on the ballot in North Carolina. With your very... Verify, I'm Megan Bragg.
0: If you have something you would like verified, just email us at verify at WCNC.com.
1: Thanks for listening. You can find these stories and more at WCNC.com. And join the WCNC Charlotte team weekday mornings, 430 to 7 a.m. Like and subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend.